This is Dr. Dwayne, the Healthcare Cowboy. Today I'm coming to you unaccompanied, unscripted, and unfiltered. I wanted to continue last week's discussion on identity. And in particular, I wanted to, well, in all seriousness, with no disrespect intended, discuss this topic of daddy issues, popular concept that we joke about and uh, see explored in all of our forms of media. But, you know, we live in a patriarchal society and most of our belief and worship systems are fatherly in their organization of power in the ways in which we relate and orient ourselves to our deities. So it's no accident that we spend a lot of time unpacking our relationships to the father figures in our lives. And to make it even more complex, in 2023, fatherhood takes on all kinds of appearances. The family, nurturing, mothering even. These relationships, this dynamic, which is as old as humankind is, it doesn't take the traditional shapes and forms anymore. And I think it's the same when it comes to the way that our relationships with our father figures evolve. And of course, I'm coming at this from the, well, from my identity as both a father and a son. But mostly these days, I'm focusing on my identity as a son, because that's where the real conflicts still exist for me. My daughter and I, thankfully, have what I would term as a beautiful relationship. Is it perfect? No. No relationship is ever perfect. Do we have work to do? Of course. Any relationship that is alive, healthy, vibrant, relevant, involves two beings engaged in work. And what makes a relationship possible is just that. Two beings willing to be connected to each other, willing to expose what's behind their breast shield, willing to take down their force fields, enough to do the work of healing their traumas, building a future, finding points of connection and agreement upon which to move forward. So it's in my relationship as a son in which that dynamic is stale, flat, and maybe even dead. I made a post last week when I was in Deer Valley from the top of the world, as I said. I was dropping the rock of expectation of any type of relationship that I may or may not have with my father. And more broadly speaking, even, my father's side of the family, since my grandfather died. And yes, that's really what this is. 
this is a morning. That's what the experience at the top of the Lady Morgan lift felt like. I woke up that morning and in my deepest, deepest, deepest chambers, I felt like I was at a funeral. I felt like I was at the funeral that I was not able to attend when my grandfather died. When my grandfather died, he and I had no business left undone because I recognized the work that I needed to be engaged in for my own self-care, for my own recovery. I knew that if I let him die without hearing me say the words, Granddad, I'm gay, and knowing that I was not afraid of what that moment would bring me. See, facing my fear is what recovery has been all about. And so when he died, I knew that I could not subject myself to an environment in which the same mutual recognition that my grandfather extended to me was not present. I couldn't do that to myself, and I couldn't do that to my husband either. So I didn't go to his funeral. I'd already had a trip planned to South Carolina, as it turned out. And so I used that trip to go and pay my final respects at his gravesite. And my baby sister met me there, and her daughter, (laughs) who I delivered, met me there because we were taking her back to college, my husband and I. And my father met me there. And I was glad to see him. I'm always glad to see him. But it was as obvious then as it is now that we had so much work to do. And that only one of us was, well, this is my opinion, my perspective, willing to engage in the work. My husband was there and I couldn't tell. My husband couldn't tell either that his presence was acknowledged, to say the least, and certainly not welcomed. The last time that I spoke to my father from my heart, it was a text message, but I spoke to him from my heart. I made it real clear to him that I loved him, that I was open to whatever possibilities God had in store for us moving forward. But while my love for him was unconditional, my ability to be in conversation was not. That's the way that I approach all of my connections at this point in my life. That's the gift that my grandfather gave to me when he, without hesitation, (laughs) delivered to me the message, the message of those (laughs) untold, silenced generations. I spoke about that in my talk at Speak Love recently in Long Island. (laughs) It was very much a coming-of-age moment for me in which I stepped into that dream and that role of being an inspirational speaker and (laughs) knowing who I was speaking to knowing the person that I was trying to reach with my words by sharing my experience and my strength and my hope 
That's what allowed me to keep my focus. That's what allowed me to see past the faces that were initially not interested in their own worlds. But it's also what allowed me to watch those faces light up (laughs) as they began to resonate with the power of my story. And in that moment, oh, it became so clear to me what it is that I'm doing here, why it is that I'm motivated to put these thoughts down (laughs) on ones and O's, if you will, to digitize them. Because there's power here. The very fact that I was able to name my fear, to sit with it, to go into the water and wrestle with it, that's the vision that the Achuar paint for you when you go on the ayahuasca trek. I shared about this in the episode with Arlene Saman about how I began to dream about my grandfather when I was in the Ecuadorian Amazon. And I shared those dreams with my grandfather when I sat down and spoke to him that day, came out to him. He described it as him visiting me in my dreams. And that's exactly what it was. My subconscious mind was doing the work for me that I could not do for myself consciously. And eventually it led me to the edge of that bed where he eventually died. He was sitting in that recliner. (laughs) That was a spot. If he wasn't watching Archie Bunker, (laughs) George and Wheezy, or some of those crooks like Jim and Tammy, he was speaking of the fate of Abraham and sharing lessons on leading with love. My point is that my grandfather, with his words of love, gave me my life. And that's what I'm here doing today. Speaking my truth, sharing from my heart, reaching out to those that I love more than life itself, because this is all that I have to give. The things that I have achieved, the things that I've accumulated, those were poor substitutes and surrogates for self-esteem. And by sitting with my fears, by diving into the waters and wrestling with that demon, emerging from the waters and hearing the words of my grandfather, you must be true to yourself. I can sit face to face now with the things that I'm not comfortable with, not wanting to accept, but able to accept because I accept myself and I understand who I am. And I'm proud of that. And I love that. And that is not anything other than a healthy ego speaking because that ego, it allows me to care for other people without visiting my traumas upon them. And so when I drop that rock, when I declare that whatever relationship there is to be is outside of my control and 100% of my accepting, (laughs) that includes the possibility of glorious, compassionate, nurturing intimacy as well 
as the possibility of radio silence. Both are completely acceptable ways forward for me, because at the end of the day, I will be there embracing myself. And I will be there in communion, in tribal connection with those like-minded souls that vibrate where I vibrate. Because we do live in a patriarchal society and we have this sense that we have a choice, heaven or hell. I've been to hell. It was of my own creating. It was the lies about myself that I told to myself and I will not go there anymore. If you're listening, if you're struggling, if you are wondering if it's possible, I'm here to tell you that it is. I'm here to tell you that you are strong enough and that whatever you do, you should never give up. You are not alone. And the minute you reach out for help, I promise you, (laughs) those of us who take being responsible seriously, those of us who take it as a matter of life and death, we'll be there. Love and light, my friends.